Welcome back to another edition of the Wisports.net podcast. I'm Travis Wilson, general manager at Wisports.net, and your host, the WSM podcast. This is going to be a special one. This is going to be a big one today as we're going to use today's episode to do a special boys basketball season preview. And to do that shortly, we will bring in our Hall of Famer, Mark Miller. Before we get to Mark, though, let's remind everybody out there to help save lives on Wisconsin roads. The life you save might just be yours. Make the commitment to yourself and passengers that are with you by bucking up and putting the phone down every trip, every time. To find out more, take the pledge at wisconsindot.gov. Of course, the Wisconsin DOT uh, sponsors not only the WSN podcast, but also our playoff coverage on WSN. Also, a thank you to our friends at B3 Sciences. Are you looking for an athletic advantage for your athlete or team? B3 Sciences is the answer. Originally limited to only Olympic caliber athletes, it is now available to anyone. Increased vertical leap, quickness, speed, and strength. For a more effective, efficient, and safer way to get a deeper level of fatigue and more muscle fiber recruitment than many modern workouts. Visit drken.b3sciences.com and take a 30-day no-risk test drive. Technology trusted by the Milwaukee Brewers, Chicago Cubs, LA Clippers, USA Powerlifting Team, Kansas City Chiefs, and more. Well, it is time. Boys basketball is here. Uh, we are off and running. I can't remember. Uh, Mark might know better than I, but uh, I, I think every team has now gotten underway in their season. Uh, some teams have only played one game. Some teams, Eau Claire North being uh, one I know, has already played six games in the young season. So uh, a little bit of a, a difference there, but we are off. We are going. It is December. It is basketball season. And Mark Miller is the man covering high school basketball in the state of Wisconsin and for us here at Wisports.net. Mark, thanks for joining us. Great time of the year. Uh, love getting into high school basketball season. Thanks for having me, Travis. It is a good time of the year, and it's exciting to see uh, what the kids will perform and what surprises will be out there this year. And, uh, you know, teams like DePere, can they can they keep their winning streak going? And a school like Cuba City has a new coach for the first time in 52 years. So lots of uh, interesting storylines in the uh, prep campaign here. So uh, excited to get it going. And uh, like you said, most teams now have got at least a couple games under their belt. So um Coaches are working on things and uh, players are getting in shape and uh, hopefully uh, uh, everybody stays healthy and we have a great season. Well, we are going to do a, a bunch today previewing the boys basketball season. We're going to talk uh, divisional previews. Certainly that will be a big part of it. Talking about some of the top teams in each division. We'll talk about some of the top players this year. We'll talk about uh, any early season surprises, some impactful divisional changes or sectional changes that, that uh, might be happening when we get towards the playoffs. But we're going to start uh, by uh, looking at some of the changes that have, have happened this year, specifically related to transfers. Mark, as you look around the state, um, any impactful transfers that we are are looking at this year? And, and maybe in general, what, you know, what was the impact or how many transfers or how many you know, significant noteworthy transfers were there this year compared to maybe years past? Yeah, um, I don't know if there's quite as many this year um, as we've had in the years past. I, I think it's a little little lower than than perhaps we've had in recent years. Um, I'm just thinking off the top of my head, uh, one of the big ones would be Deuce Burks uh, um, going to Milwaukee Academy of Science um, after being at uh, Oak Creek last year. He's a sophomore, um, and, um, I, you know, he, he's obviously a very good player. 
Um, we'll see how he fits in with a very talented team. Um, so, you know, he immediately comes to mind uh, as one of the more impactful transfers. Um, but, you know, other than other than Deuce, um, in terms of like high profile players, um, there, there really aren't a, a ton of uh, transfers out there. Um, you know, so uh, there are some, you know, some are pending right now in terms of their eligibility. Um, one interesting case that I noticed um, at Madison West, they lost uh, Ezra and Caleb Ligon uh, to Madison Memorial. Now, the twins, uh, the Ligon boys, uh, both played varsity ball as freshmen last year at, at West, and, and both were really, you know, very promising players and, and uh, looked like they were going to have uh, a very good uh, impact on the West program. But, uh, um, you know, obviously they 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 aren't there anymore and now they're making an impact over at um, Memorial. Speaking of Madison West, uh, they had kind of an interesting situation. Uh, first of all, uh, Quincy Mosley played for West last year as a freshman along with the Liggins brothers um, and Michael Wilson. They had four freshmen up on the varsity and, and Mike Wilson is, is still at West and, and still doing very well. Um, Quincy uh, started off his sophomore year uh, by transferring to Edgewood and, and played for the football team at Edgewood. Um, but then he opted to transfer back to West. Um, I don't know if it was following the football season or, you know, maybe in October sometime. I'm not sure. Um, but anyway, he he's now playing at West. And I noticed uh, in a box score the other day that he had uh, 14 points. He's a 5'10 sophomore guard. Um, and I was kind of wondering how he could have been eligible in that situation. But, you know, everything goes to the WIA and uh, they have, um, you know, different different reasons for making kids eligible or not. So um, that one that one kind of surprised me, you know, over here in the Madison area. Um, and then uh, speaking of uh, the Madison area, Verona um, lost a sophomore uh, due to a family move. I don't know if he would have played varsity at Verona this year because they have a pretty veteran team and a lot of depth. Um, but he moved to Wisconsin Rapids actually, um, and is playing at Assumption High School right now and is uh, off to a really good start. His name is Logan Nystrom. He's a five-ten sophomore, uh, and through three games, he's averaging just over twenty-one points a game. So. Um, those are a few guys that that pop immediately into my mind. I'm, I'm sure I'm missing a whole bunch, but, um, you know, in terms of like the top 50 seniors or anything like that, there, there really weren't uh, any major transfers. The, the biggest name would, would probably be Deuce Burks going to MAS from um, where he was last year, um, starting the year out at Oak Creek. Well, let's keep talking about some players and let's take a look at some of the top players in the state this season. Overall, the class of 2024, maybe a little bit stronger than last year's class, the, the class of 23, where the only uh, high major player was Milan Momchilovic from Pewaukee, who went to Iowa State. Uh, by the way, it looks like he's having a great start to his, uh, his career at uh, Iowa State. Uh, in fact, I've seen him maybe mentioned as a, a possible uh, NBA candidate with his size and shooting ability. Uh, but this year, the class of 2024, uh, of course, the the big name at the top, Con Knipple, who committed to Duke over offers from Wisconsin and, and a number of other places. Uh, what are we looking at to, in terms of depth, quality, top players in this uh, 2024 class in the state of Wisconsin, Mark? 
Yeah, we, I think we've had 12 that have committed to Division One schools already. So that's a that's a good number. That I think that equals what maybe what we had last year. But there's going to be a few more yet that also will commit to D1 schools. So it's going to be just a tick higher than last year. As far as the high major kids, obviously Khan's at the very top of the class, and um, you know is a top top 25, 50 uh, national recruit. Um, uh, you know we all know about Khan, just just a, a, a very good player in just about every aspect of the game. Um, and, you know, he's he's led Wisconsin Lutheran to two impressive wins to start the season. Actually, three now. Uh, they beat Pius last night, and then they had previously beaten Arrowhead and Brookfield Central. Uh, the other high major kid in the class is Nick Janowski uh, from three-time defending Division II state champion, Pewaukee. Um, Nick's going to Nebraska. Um, other Division One kids in the class that have committed at, at this point, uh, Will Hornsett, the big center from De Pere, who was so key on their state title team last year, is going to Northern Iowa. Uh, Jack Doherty from Brooks Central is going to go to Illinois State. Um, Stevie Clark from Oshkosh North is headed to Colgate. Nolan Minasali of Marquette High is going to St. Thomas. Bennett Basich of Arrowhead is going to Green Bay. Jaquan Johnson of Pius is going to Bradley. Uh, Evan Anderson from Onalaska is going to South Dakota. Tim Franks from Homestead is going to St. Thomas. Uh, Dupree Fletcher from Carmen Northwest is heading to Grambling. And John O'Neill from Kakana is going to uh, New Hampshire. So at this point, those are the D1 basketball commits in our state. Um, we're still waiting on Amari McCautry and Saku Kano from uh, St. Thomas Moore. Um, my guess is they'll probably commit in the spring. And then Cody Schmitz of Gale Electra Trempolo, MJ Stackhouse of Kenosha Indian Trail. Uh, I think those guys maybe have a chance uh, to, to go Division One. Uh, we'll have to wait and see on that. But um, certainly McCautry and, and, and Saku will, will go D1. Um, you know, Cody and MJ, uh, we'll just have to wait and see. But um, it's, a, it's a pretty solid class. I agree with your assessment. It's, it's similar to last year, maybe just a tick better. Um, I think our junior class 2025 is, is really, really good. We're going to have a number of high major kids in that class. So, um, you know, the overall state of high school basketball is, is very healthy in Wisconsin, and uh, hopefully that continues uh, well into the future. All right, Mark, one of the uh, the things that we always talk about is uh, division and sectional changes, teams that maybe went up a division, down a division, maybe they changed sectionals, which clears the way for them or a different team, perhaps, to get to state. Um, playoffs are, are still a little ways away, but of course, always on the, uh, you know, always on the mind. What are we what are we looking at? Any impactful divisional changes or perhaps any impactful sectional changes this year that really will uh, you know be things that we talk about as we get closer to the postseason? Well, a sectional change that that uh, that was the biggest one uh, without question was uh, the decision to separate Wisconsin Lutheran and Pewaukee from the same sectional for the first time in at least three years. I'm sure it goes beyond that, but uh, Pewaukee had beaten Wisco in the in the sectionals in each of the last three years. So Con Canipola has, has never played uh, in the state tournament. Now this year they're in separate sectionals and interestingly enough, uh, so is Nicolet. So we, we could have, you know, arguably the three top teams in the state uh, um, all at the state tournament this year. Um, all three are loaded with, with you know, very good players. Um, so 
and they're all you know relatively uh, close to each other. Um, so the fact that they're all in different sectionals is kind of an interesting twist, um, particularly when you look at Division Three, um, and uh, all the best teams uh, are in the same sectional, or at least many of the best teams, I should say. Uh, you know, you got Dominican, Waukee Academy of Science, St. Thomas More, Carmen Northwest, Racine St. Catharines, Brookfield Academy. They're all in the, in the in sectional four in Division Three. Um, so it's a little uh, head scratching, maybe to some, that Pewaukee, Nicolet, and Wisconsin Lutheran are in three different sectionals in Division Two, all you know Milwaukee area schools, and then in Division Three, you know all the powerhouse Division Three schools are uh, in the from the Milwaukee area are in the same sectional. So that that was the big news as far as um, sectional placements go. Um, Arrowhead also got switched, um, and, and now they're, I believe, in the sectional with De Pere, which uh, uh, is a tough blow for Arrowhead because, of course, those two played for the state championship uh, a year ago. Um, but you also have uh, teams like uh, uh, Germantown, Sussex, Hamilton, Homestead, Oshkosh North, and Sheboygan North. Um, it, it makes for a really, really tough sectional. Um, yeah, and, you know, having Heartland Arrowhead, a uh, uh, oh, you know, a Western suburban school uh, in Milwaukee in the same sectional as De Pere is is, is a, a kind of kind of an interesting uh, geographical uh, alignment. But at the same time, you know, we have Fox Valley schools in the same sectional with Superior. So, um, you know, with five divisions, uh, you, you know, you can't necessarily go strictly by geography. Uh, you have to go by the schools that are placed with each of the divisions and then try to carve it up. Um, but those sectional placements are important and that, you know, the coaches definitely pay very close attention to that. Uh, and so do the fans. So those are probably the, the highlights of, of how things change from a year ago, as far as sectional goes, uh, as far as divisional placement of schools, uh, probably the biggest one is West Salem moving up from D3 to D2 this year. Uh, they were the D3 runner up last year, of course, uh, but they went over the 600 mark in enrollment. Um, so uh, they're at 607. Uh, they they got bumped up. Um, and uh, even though they graduated a lot off last year's team, uh, West Salem is still a very, very good basketball team. Um, and I think one that, that uh, you know, is going to be a tough one for the likes of Onalaska and Lacrosse Central in that Division II sectional over in the Lacrosse area. So, um the other, the other change that's kind of interesting is Wistosha Central moves from D2 to D1. Um, they went over 1,200, so now they're in D1, and they're at 1,220. Um, and uh, that's a very good program that we, we've seen at the state tournament in Division Two in recent years. Um, so it would be interesting to see, you know, how they how they do. Um, just kind of an a interesting um, dynamic about, in all of this, Travis, is that uh, a couple of the Milwaukee schools are now in D3 that had previously been in D2. Milwaukee, Washington now with an enrollment of 432 is in D3. And of course, for years and years, they were they were uh, a D1 school. Um, so the changing uh, demographics of that area um, of MPS in general uh, have bumped the uh, Pergolders all the way down to D3 and they're, they're at 432 students. Uh, Gold of my year, uh, also uh, gets bumped from D2 to D3, though, so you got a couple of MPS schools there uh, in D3. Uh, McDonald Catholic Central, uh, which had done very well over the last several years uh, in D5, they bumped up to D4 um, with their uh, recent enrollment bump. And of course, next year, uh, as you know so well, because you've been writing about it uh, for all the fall sports, it's going to be uh, 
probably more substantial changes than what we've seen in, in recent years because of the success formula. So a school like Pewaukee, even though their enrollment would put them in D2, all the success that they've had uh, winning state championships and so forth uh, under the success formula guidelines would push them up to D1 for next year. And we do have those points tabulated. Uh, people might have seen the update that we did on the tournament performance factor points for fall sports, where it was interesting to note that in the sport of football, 15 teams met that threshold to move up in uh, in next year. Uh, of course, a couple of them were already Division One, and those schools do have the op opportunity and ability to appeal their elevation, which I believe actually that uh, – that competitive balance um, hearing, the classification committee uh, hearing and appeal might have been today for those fall sports. But in basketball, uh, boys basketball anyway, only four teams have already met the threshold. Uh, those teams being Pewaukee, Nina, who's already D1 and can't move up, West Salem, and Brilliant. Uh, there's a number of schools that, that certainly can and will meet the point threshold to move up, and that's something that we'll be continuing to follow throughout the playoffs speaking of playoffs as you said mark that uh that sectional assignment always a big topic of conversation um you know it's a, a subjective process following some guidelines and you know points of uh points of order that uh that they they utilize um there was a request by the coaches a couple years ago to do more uh to try to mix up the sectionals and you know, not have it be the same teams over and over and over. Uh, and that could be one of the reasons that Milwaukee, or excuse me, uh, Wisconsin Lutheran and um, Pewaukee were split up into different sectionals. Uh, of course, as teams change enrollments and teams go up and down in divisions, that that changes how you you have to draw those those divisional assignments and sectional assignments. But, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's something that the WIAA and Kate Peterson-Abiad, who is the uh, the the director that oversees the sport of basketball, that they did receive the request from the coaches and that they, they are making some attempts to do to try to, uh, you know, not just have it be a conference tournament or all the time or the same teams over and over. But then, of course, uh, as you said, Mark, you know, you, you make one change that, that people might like and then people start asking, well, why not this change or that change or or whatever it might be. So, uh never ending conversations about sectional assignments, which, yeah. uh, you know, I talk about this in football a lot, Mark, and I don't know how, how you view it or how coaches view it in basketball, but in, in football, you know, there's a lot of discussion about seeding and, you know, other things, but I think a lot of the issues that people have ultimately come down to how those 18 groupings are drawn in football. Um, and of course we've seen seeding come into basketball as well. I mean, is there, is there a sense or do you feel that, that that applies to basketball as well, that some of the complaints about either seating or, you know, maybe even private schools or whatever it might be that, that kind of come back to how those circles are drawn for sectional assignments? Oh, for sure. You know, there's always complaints about just about anything you do, <laughs> whether it's uh, what sectional you're in, what seed you got, um, you know, I mean, there's always there's always questions and concerns and complaints. And I think, you know, there's no perfect, easy answer for this. So, you know, I do um, sympathize with the WIA for this. You know, I mean, years ago, Travis obviously goes back a while, but, you know, it was all based on geography and, and the assignments came out well before the season, just on a, uh, a rotational basis. Um, 
so you knew who you were playing in the first round of the regional, you know, the, the day the season started. Um, of course, we've gone away from that for, for many years now. Um, and we used to have the coaches do the seating and, you know, there were some hard feelings and, and coaches ganging up and whatever. Uh, I mean, that wasn't the case always, obviously, but uh, it, it did happen from time to time. So then we went to computer seatings, uh, which I know you, you're, you know, help with. And, um, uh, you know, it seems like the first year there were some glitches. Last year was better. Um, hopefully this year will, will be even better. Um, but you know, there are, you know, there are complaints, uh, uh, because, you know, it's when you, when you draw up the maps for the sectionals, uh, it's easy to include one school and not include the other school when, when they're close in geography. Uh, but you do have to draw that line somewhere. Um, so, you know, maybe the line this year got drawn between Wisco and Pewaukee, um, so that they ended up in different sectionals. Um, but it, uh, it does kind of, uh, make you wonder um i you know i don't know what the answer is um as far as sectional placements go i i, I do think there's some things maybe that the wa could look at to avoid having um you know some of the uh, very best teams in the same sectional um you know maybe maybe they wait until uh, early january to to do the sectionals and take a look at oh wow these teams are all really really good and maybe we should maybe we should put a couple in different sectionals, but it makes it harder for them for planning purposes, um, you know, in terms of locations of games, once the tournament gets underway, um, you know, every decision you make has a ripple effect, um, you know, whether it's D1 or D5 or any in between. Um, so, um, you know, it's a, it's, it's a tough call. I, I know the WBCA um, is, is working with the WIA on this to try to, uh, you know, try to make it the best that we can. Um, but it's not easy. Um, and not, you're rarely, if ever, going to please everybody. So, um, you know, I, a lot of coaches, uh, a lot of fans, a lot of media people at the end of the day say, hey, just go out there and prove it, you know, go out there and play um, and, and see, you know, what, 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 you, what you can do. Um, and I'm sure you see that in football. You know, maybe some teams had a tougher road, but, you know, maybe they persevered and, and got all the way to uh to the camp randall to play in a, in a title game so um you know at the end of the day you do have to go play the games so um and thank goodness for that <laughs> um because all the uh, gnashing of teeth and you know hand wringing and so forth gets a little old after a while um but yet at the same time you know i i, I do see the points of uh of some of the coaches on, on uh, wondering how things um shake out from from year to year well, Mark, we're going to get into some uh, division by division previews in just a moment. But before we do that, let's let's chat about this early part of the season. Again, uh, some teams have only gotten a game or two in. Some are have played five or six games. But in the early going, are there any surprises so far on this young season? Either teams off to impressive starts or maybe uh, an upset that that we didn't expect. Anything that's uh, that you would categorize as a surprise early in the year? Well, I think the biggest surprise to me was that uh, Carmen Northwest uh, beat Milwaukee Academy of Science uh, last Saturday in the Terry Porter Classic. Uh, I was talking to some people who were at the game, and uh, MAS had a, had a fairly substantial lead in the second half. And Carmen just kept coming and coming, and uh, he eventually caught him at the very end of pre-Fletcher. Hit a couple free throws with a couple seconds left to give him the one-point win. Um, and uh, I had seen Academy of Science uh, earlier 
uh, this season and thought, man, this is a team that <laughs> I, I don't know if anyone can beat this team there. You know, they impressed me that much. And that was, uh, you know, with, without Deuce in the lineup, he, he was, he's out for a little bit with an injury, but you know, when you got guys like Jamarian Bateman and Agape Keys Jr. And Devin Brown, I mean, Elijah Thornton, um, and, and then you add Deuce Burks to the mix. Uh, that's a very, very talented team. But, you know, Carmen Northwest is a good team in its own right. Um, not to take anything away from them. They won the uh, MPS or City Conference Gold Division last year um, and have a great player of their own in, in Dupree Fletcher. Um, and Javante Edwards is also a very good player for for Carmen Northwest. So uh, they, they're three and one, um, you know, and they have uh, the, win, the win, obviously, over MAS. Um and they played Thomas Moore very tough early in the year um, at Thomas Moore. They lost by five. Um, and they have wins over uh, Brown Deer and Milwaukee North uh, in addition to uh, uh, the win over MAS. So to me, that was the biggest surprise so far in the early season. Um, you know, I thought the, uh, you know, looking at the, the, the game last week between Kakan and Oshkosh North, it was very, very close, two very close teams, two teams that are going to contend for the um championship in the Fox Valley Association and excuse me, North got that win last week um, and uh, on the road. So that was a very impressive win, but really didn't diminish how I, I uh, almost feel about uh, Kakana. And then I think the last thing would be uh, Wisconsin Lutheran, just uh, not the fact that they're, that they're, that they beat Brooks Central and Arrowhead, uh, but perhaps uh, the manner in which they did it, um, particularly the Brooks Central game, um, I think was a, a, a bit of a surprise. I think everyone anticipated a really tight game all the way to the end. And uh, they win that game 73-47 and then turn around and beat Arrowhead 82-67. to um, And when you look at their roster, obviously they have Con Knipple and that, you know, everybody wants Con Knipple. But a lot of the other guys on their on their team uh, came off the bench last year. Uh, they, they graduated a bunch of starters. So um, hats off to uh, to Wisco for the great start that they that they've had, um, and then they last night turned around and, and, and beat a Pius team that that's pretty solid as well. So um, those are some of the things that have stuck out to me early in the season so far. Before we move on to divisional changes, let's uh, excuse me divisional uh, previews. Let's remind everybody out there to help save lives on Wisconsin roads. The life you save might just be yours. Make the commitment to yourself and passengers that are with you by buckling up and putting the phone down every trip, every time. To find out more, take the pledge at wisconsindot.gov. Well, Mark, let's get to it. We're going to run through each division, talk about some of the top teams, talk about some uh, maybe some some sleepers and you know things that have uh, maybe changed from last year. You, you talked about a number of the divisional changes and sectional changes. But let's start in Division One, where De Pere is uh, the defending state champion, the Redbirds were undefeated last year, went 30-0, and 0, and returned a pretty good uh, lineup this year, even though they lose co-Mr. Basketball from last year, John Kinziger. But they've got a couple of strong Division One prospects coming back. Um, Division One, it, it seems like, obviously, DePere is the, the pretty strong favorite. But what do we know about this year's version of the Redbirds, and what are some of the other teams that could pose a threat as they try to repeat? Yeah, De Pere is definitely the team to beat, no question. I mean, they they uh, you mentioned a couple of their uh, Division One guys. Obviously, went with Hornseth going to Northern Iowa, six eight senior, and then um, their other guy is Zach Kinzinger, six uh, three junior, who's committed to Wisconsin. 
So, I mean, you start with those two guys, but, you know, the team is deep, uh, really deep, crazy deep. They got great size, um, not only with uh, with Horn Seth, but with Ben, Will and Gons and, and, and Price Gregory. Um, you know, Will and Gons is about 6'7", and Price is about 6'5", kind of plays inside, outside. He's he's a kid. He's a junior. I think he's a kid that's going to get some Division One offers, too. So you're talking about a team with three Division One players on it. And then the other guys on their team are, are, are just – really really good players um they may not be division one kids but they're they're they've played a ton of basketball they've grown up in that pure system um and and they uh they play basketball the right way they share the ball they they defend uh they come ready to play um so uh it's going to be a tough team to beat so their winning streak right now sits at 32 um you know you look at their schedule and you know certainly they're going to be the favorite in the fox river classic conference um, you know, they beat West appear already in one of their non-league games. Uh, they got Madison Memorial at home coming up later this month. Um, and then at our shootout at Concordia, they, they got two tough games against one against Marquette High and the other against Homestead. And both of those teams are our top 10 teams uh, in the state. Um, so, uh, you know, Ashwabanon is a really good team um, in, in the uh, in the Fox River Classic. I, you know, I think Sheboygan North is very solid. Um, but other than that, I don't, I don't know if anyone else can really push them all the way to the end, uh, possibly Bayport, maybe another team or two, but, um, and then late in the year, they get a, they get to go to Pewaukee for a game. So those are going to be the ones that, those are the games that I think, um, if they're going to lose, it might be one of those games. Um, other teams in division one, well, right now in our coaches poll, um, we have Marquette high number two. Um, and like I said, those two will play each other at the shootout. Um, and Market High's only, I think they only played one game. Um, so they will have some catching up to do later in the year. But um, uh, Nolan Milisali is, is a very, very good player, uh, very electric player, uh, very wiry, and uh, probably has more dunks, I would guess, than any player in the state this year. It just goes up and throws everything down, it seems like. Um, so uh, they also have a, a very experienced team, TJ Adams. Uh, and Ryan Meehan um, have been up on varsity for several years. Uh, Cade Conan as well. Um, Cade and TJ have committed to lacrosse. Ryan has not committed yet. Um, and then they have a very talented junior uh, point guard, Jeremiah Johnson, who's got a division one offer from Howard. So Market High's got a, a real solid squad. Um, of course, they compete in the greater Metro, so they're going to get pushed all year, all year long by the, the Brookfield schools and Sussex Hamilton certainly Wauwatosa West. Um, and then, you know, when you look at the other teams in D1, you know, we talked a little bit about Oshkosh North and Kakana up in the Fox Valley area. Uh, North, of course, led by Stevie Clark and, and Xavion Mitchell. Uh, Stevie's going to Colgate, 6'6 senior, who is going to get you 20 a game at least. And then Xavion Mitchell, 6'6 junior, who's going to get you 20 at least and has several D1 offers, including Wisconsin. So, um, you know, very talented team. Can they get enough from the rest of their guys? Um, that's probably the question that they're going to be trying to solve all year. Um, I, I think the early indications are uh, that they probably will get enough from them as they beat Kakana. Um, Homestead uh, has got a really solid team. Tim Franks, uh, 6'5", uh, terrific shooter. I think he had 42 in their first game. Um, and then uh, Trevor Polite is another player on that team that I really like, uh, 6'6", junior who's going to be a scholarship player. Um, and then, you know, Kana's got two scholarship kids with John O'Neill going to New Hampshire, 6'10", senior, and uh, Andrew Jensen, 6'9", sophomore, 
um, who's got an offer from Arquette and a, a few others already. So, um, <laughs> you know, we talk about these D1 schools, they, they all have multiple D1 players, uh, which is kind of, which is kind of exciting and fun. Uh, over in the Big Eight, um, you know, Sun Prairie West is, is probably the one that uh, I would pick at this point. Um, they're off to a good start, 3-0, I believe. Chris Davis Jr. is scoring at a very high clip. In fact, just looking at the stats this morning on Wisports, Sports, and I think he's leading the state right now in scoring. He's just a, a – he's one of those guys, you know, you always hear the term wired to score, and I think Chris is kind of that way, whether he's – whether he's, you know, coming up with a steal and they're in their pressure defense and going coast to coast or whether he's catching it on the wing and attacking the basket or whether he's catching it and rising up for a three, he, he just looks for that basket. And, um, he's, he's tough to stop, stop because he's so relentless and he's so quick and, um, he just keeps coming at you. Um, and they're the only team in the big eight right now in our top 10. Um, and Janesville Craig was unbeaten, but then they got beat last night. Um, I think that was their first loss in four games. Uh, Madison East got them uh, by a uh, 72-68 score. Uh, in the Classic 8, you're looking at Kettle Moraine and Arrowhead, two really good teams. Kettle Moraine's a, a little shorthanded this year, though, with Drew Wagner being hurt. Uh, they're a great football player who's going to Navy for football, but also a terrific basketball player. Uh, it sounds like Drew's going to be out a while, but um, KM has uh, has opened the year in impressive fashion. Um Will Stuckey is a, a very good player for them. Um, and then uh, Ben Bester uh, is also a guy that can 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 get out and score. Um, I I was really impressed with their um, with their performance against uh, Germantown. I, I, I think Germantown's a, a vastly improved team and one that's going to win some some big games in the greater metro. And last Saturday, Kettle Moraine beat them 74 to 51. Uh, Stuckey had 24 in that game. So um Keep an eye on Kettle Moraine. Of course, they were at the state tournament last year. I think uh, they're a very good team again this year. And then when you look uh, at the schools from um, outside the main metro areas, I think Stevens Point uh, uh, is a very good team. Um, they're, they're healthy. Uh, last year, they were missing one of their best players uh, for much of the year. Baraka Makalin, he missed the whole year, in fact, but he's back playing. Um, Grant, I believe it's pronounced Chardonnay, uh, <laughs> probably butchered his last name, but anyway, Grant is a heck of a player. He's averaging over 20 a game and, and they got a boost and, uh, we were talking about transfers a little bit. Um, and I forgot to mention, uh, one of the transfers that Stevens point got, um, the uh, Carter Combs, uh, a six foot senior, the son of Paul Combs, the former coach at Carroll, uh, university. Uh, he's now an assistant at UW Stevens point. So the family moved, uh, from Waukesha West, uh, where Carter had been a starter last year as a junior, um, and now he's playing his senior year uh, for Spash as a, as their point guard. So that was a that was a big addition for them. Um, and uh, you know, he, Carter's maybe not a, a huge score, but uh, he he sets the table for people and uh, just knows how to play on both ends of the court. So um, Stevens Point uh, and Marshfield, I think, are the teams in the, in the Wisconsin Valley Conference that are going to have really, really good years. Although I did see last night that uh, Wausau West uh, came down to Madison area and got a huge win uh, at Monona Grove. Um, and Monona Grove had been coming off a big win over Wanakee. So, um, you know, huge win for Wausau West last night. And then in the Big Rivers, you know, uh, uh, River Falls is D2. They're probably the top team. But... Um, Eau Claire Memorial, you know, is always going to be right there, and they're they're there again this year. Um, Cooper Jesperson is their is their best player. Uh, he's a junior. 
um, and and can score and um, rebound and pass. Uh, really good player in all, pretty much all facets of the game. Um, and they had a big win last night at home over Hudson to their four and zero in the season. So um, I think those are probably some of the top teams from from outside the Madison Fox Valley uh, Milwaukee areas. All right, Mark, a lot of talent in Division One. A lot of teams vying for that top spot, looking to challenge the De Pere Redbirds. Division Two, the challenge is getting over the hump against Pewaukee. Three-time defending state champions. As you mentioned earlier, they have defeated Wisconsin Lutheran, who maybe was the second-best team in the state a couple of times. Uh, those teams met the sectionals three years in a row. Uh, but Pewaukee, top dog again, tops in the coaches' poll. Uh, still have Division One talent on that program with Nick Janowski. Um, is this, especially with, you know, now some of those guys gone and, and Milan gone, is this the year that Pewaukee is perhaps most vulnerable? And if so, outside of Wisconsin Lutheran and Nick LA, what are other teams that will be looking to challenge the Pirates in Division Two? Well, um, no, that's a great question, and we'll, we'll have to wait and see how it all plays out. Um, they've only played one game, and that was last night was their first game. Um, they beat New Berlin West by 22. That's a game they probably would have expected them to win, although West has improved uh, from a year ago, but uh, Pewaukee took care of business. Um, they got a big game coming up in a, in a week or so against Stoughton. Um, uh, Stoughton's one of the other uh, D2 teams. I think that's that's really solid. Um, a lot's going to depend on guys like Owen Hockey and Isaiah Robinson and um, you know, are they are they going to be able to, um, you know, take some of the scoring load off of Janowski? Um, you know, uh, I, I think they can. And, you know, uh, Milan's younger brother, Luca, uh, is a junior now. Um, uh, he, you know, he's another key player. He came off the bench last year. He'll start for them this year. Uh, Carson Osterman is another key player for them. Um, and again, he was a reserve last year. He moves into the starting lineup. Owen Hockey, who we mentioned. Reserve last year, he moves into the starting lineup. Um, but all those guys did get some playing time uh, and rather substantial playing time last year, um, along with Isaiah Robinson. So um, I don't know if their depth maybe is quite as good as it's been, but when you look at their top five, six guys, um, they're still really, really solid. Um, so it's going to take uh, a great effort to beat them. Um, you know, they, they've they lost games. Uh, when you look at their records, um, I think they were 27-3, and three the past two years and they might have even been that same record all three years so they have gotten bumped off during the regular season um a few times you know during their uh, three-year run as state champions in d2 um so um you know but obviously you learn from those losses um they play a really good schedule i mean they're they're loaded with with really good opponents throughout the season so they're probably going to get nicked a couple times um, are they more vulnerable? Uh, probably only because, you know, you, you get, you lose a guy that was Mr. Basketball and is, is starting at Iowa state and doing very well. Um, so you go from having two high major kids on the floor, uh, to having one, but, um, at the same time, I, I think some of these other guys that are on the team are going to end up playing basketball, uh, at the scholarship level, whether it's D one or D two. So, um, they're still very, very good, um, but, you know, they just don't maybe have quite the star power that they had in the past. But you could say the same about Wisconsin Lutheran. I mean, they, they lost, like I said before, they lost a lot. Um, they do have good young players, and, of course, they have the best player in the state in Con Knipple. So, um, 
you know, that those two are going to play each other twice in the Woodland West, and then they'll, they, they won't have to play each other in the sectional this year, but uh, they could possibly play a third time at, at Madison in the state tournament. Uh, the other, uh, when you look at D2, uh, it's, it's just loaded. I mean, there's just good teams up and down across the state in D2. Um, Nicolet is as good as, as anybody. Uh, Davy and Hannah is a dynamic player. They have all their starters back uh, from a year ago. Um, uh, you know, when they won, uh, when they won the sectional title and got to state and lost in the semis, but, but played very, very well. Um, they also, uh, another transfer, uh, transfer alert. (laughs) They also added, uh, a a transfer, um, to their roster in, uh, uh, Naz Beeman, who people may remember played as a freshman at Martin Luther and then as a sophomore at MAS. Um, and then last year he was at a prep school, I believe in Arizona, um, and now he's uh, a senior um, playing at uh, at Nicolet. He had 17 in their opener. Um, so, you know, another offensive firepower to go along with, uh, you know, Bolden and McKay and uh, uh, Landrum and certainly Davy and Hannah. So uh, Nicolet is, is every bit as good as as um, as Wisco or um, Pewaukee. In fact, you can make the case that they're, they're the best team in D in D2. And and then you got Wauwatosa West, you know, <laughs> another really good team in D2 with with a division one player and Kai Rogers at 6'9 and, a, and an experienced, really good wing player um, that can shoot the lights out in Jake Hansen. Um, so, um, you know, that's a team that, that um, you know, took a few lumps, but also had success the last couple of years um, when those guys were younger. But with Jake and Kai both now juniors, and then you toss in a very talented freshman like Jalen Brown, um, and, and a, a improving and, and very important uh, senior in Tyler uh, Basil, and you know you got you got the recipe there for a really good team, um, and uh, you know one that's going to be right there with Sussex Hamilton and Marquette and Brook Central and the Greater Metro. Um, you know Tulsa West did start the season with a loss to Lawrence North out of Indiana, but that that's a very storied program and, um, you know, one that's uh, got division one players on it. So um, like, kudos for them for playing that game. It was out in, uh, in Illinois at a, at a tournament. So, and since then they've rattled off wins over Fond du Lac, the defending FEA champion. Uh, they beat Whitnell in a, in a very good non-league game and played very well. And then last night they beat Brookfield East to open up uh, play in the, in the greater, um, Metro Conference. So um, those four teams, you know, really stand out. Uh, all Milwaukee area teams, of course. Uh, when you look at, at the rest of the state, um, you know, on Alaska is probably the pick this year over Lacrosse Central, uh, led by Evan Anderson um, and Isaac Skemp. Um, Isaac's been a, uh, is a four year varsity kid for Coach Cowell, and, and Evan, um, you know, transferred in from Black River Falls at the start of last year. Um, and is an all-league player and a Division One uh, recruit for South Dakota. Um, and then, you know, in the Madison area, I, I think Stoughton uh, is, is really, really good. Uh, Ty Fernholtz is as good a shooter as you'll find anywhere. Um, and um, he's going to um, Michigan Tech on a D2 scholarship. Um, they're 3-0. and um, Again, or 4-0, no, they, they won last night over Fort Atkinson. So they, they play uh, a very good schedule. Sawyer, Sawyer Shipper, uh, Jacob Hibner, you know, a couple guys that, that played a ton of last year. Um, so keep an eye on Stoughton uh, in the Madison area. We mentioned River Falls briefly up in the Big Rivers Conference. Um, and, and uh, 
I think they're a very, very good team. Uh, Preston Johnson, their junior point guard, is a very solid player. They're 2-0 in the season. Joey Butts, the senior, is another one of those snipers from deep. He can really shoot it. And then they have, uh, uh, I, I got to think this guy's a big football recruit, Eli Johnson, um, 6'6 senior, uh, or junior, excuse me, 6'6 uh, junior forward, uh, son of Mike Johnson, former Mr. Basketball from Phillips. Um, and Eli's just put together like a tight end um, and, and he, on the basketball court, he's a guy that can score inside and outside. So um, River Falls has good guard play and they got a, a, a monster in the middle. <laughs> um, it, so they're very good. Uh, Grafton got bumped off last night, but I like their team. Uh, Burlington's got a couple of nice wins under their belt. You know, Whitnell obviously lost to Tosa West, but uh, still a really good team. Uh, two of the better junior guards um, in, in the state and Jack Lutz and Miles Harrow. So, um, th those are some of the teams to keep an eye out in D2. Um, but like I say, it's, it's loaded and, uh, it's going to be a, make for a, a great uh, tournament once, uh, once the postseason rolls around. All right, let's turn our attention to Division Three, where there uh, there has been some change. As you mentioned, Division Three runner-up last year, West Salem moved up to Division Three. Brilliant is the defending champion in D three, uh, but a lot of the the power, it seems, especially looking at the coaches' poll early in the season, resides in Southeast Wisconsin, where uh, a number of the top-ranked teams down in the uh, in in the coaches' poll reside down in that area. Top-ranked St. Thomas Moore, former number one Milwaukee Academy of Science, as you mentioned, Carmen Northwest. Dominican has been very impressive early in the season. Uh, are we looking at uh, the that that Southeast grouping kind of dominating Division Three potentially this year? Well, only one gets to go to Madison. You know, our top four teams are all in the same um, sectional: Thomas Moore, Dominican, Carmen, and MAS. So, only one of those will will you know get to play at the Cole Center. Um, or it could be somebody else from that section, like number nine, Brookfield Academy, <laughs> you know, so they have five of the top 10 in that one sectional. Um, and then teams ranked five and six, Keel and Xavier, or excuse me, five, six, and seven, Keel, Xavier, and Brilliant are all in the same sectional up in the Fox Valley area. Um, so, um, you know, the balance of power here in D3 is, is uh, definitely weighted toward Milwaukee, um, when you look at Thomas Moore, Dominican, Carmen, MAS, all have D1 players, um, all can score a ton of points. Um, in the case of Thomas Moore, you have a very experienced team, uh, one that made it to the state tournament uh, two years ago when those kids were sophomores. Uh, Dominican, uh, another experienced team, lots of lots of seniors, at, a couple that have scored over 1,000 points. And then they got uh, Aaron Womack, a junior who has scored over 1,000 points. They got three thousand point scores on one team <laughs> it's crazy uh you know mas is is dynamic they have uh, you know bateman and brown and and burks um you know keys uh thornton they just keep coming at you in waves of talent and carmen northwest has uh maybe maybe the best player that people haven't seen a lot of in dupree fletcher jr uh, the, people remember his dad being a great player well his son is a really really good player as well um and you know they made they made noise uh you know they were 10 they ranked 10th last week they popped all the way up to number three after their win over mas so uh and, and deservedly so um they deserve that uh so um yeah those those uh that milwaukee sectional and then the one up with keel Xavier, brilliant uh 
you know, I, things will shake out a little bit. You know, at Lake Mills in the Madison area is really good. I think I think we'll we'll get a few more Madison area teams perhaps ranked in D3. Lakeside Lutheran is not ranked right now, but um, they, you know, even though they lost quite a bit off last year's state semifinal team, uh, they, they still have really good players. They have a, a kid named uh, Wes Ron that I'm really intrigued by. Um, he, you know, I, I saw him last year and I thought, oh, this kid's got a chance. And then I saw him in the fall and it's like, wow, this kid is, <laughs> this kid's really good. He, he grew in a couple inches, he's about six, seven now. Um, and he's put together really well. Um, so I, I look for Lakeside, those games with Lakeside, Lutheran and Lake Mills, um, are as good as it gets in, in high school basketball in the state. Um, you know, they're, they're located basically across the street from each other in Lake Mills and the great respect for the coaches of, at both schools and they respect each other very much since really it's not a bitter rivalry it's a very healthy rivalry and and it's two really good teams going at it so um and then up north you know prescott's always a team that you, you talk about in the middle border conference and uh you know somerset's got a couple of dinks uh, a couple of losses already uh, but i i like their team they were in our uh wsn uh, summer showcase at beaver dam this past year and i thought they were really solid uh they got beat last night on a buzzer beater uh by baldwin woodville um, but, um, you know, those teams in the middle border, they beat up on each other. It's a really good conference. Um, and I, I you know, one of them is going to be merge, uh, and, and likely get to the state tournament. So, um, again, uh, you know, D3 like D2 has got the balance of powers, definitely in Milwaukee. Um, and the, they, they all have D1 guys. They're all worth watching. Um, you just kind of shake your head and, you know, say what, what happened at the city conference? Well, I think I think when you look at D two and D three and you see the talent that is at those schools that are in the Milwaukee area, um, you know maybe maybe that's where that's today's city conference. Only it's uh, uh, you know they're at different schools. They're at private schools. They're at suburban schools. They're at charter schools, um, and, and that's the way that's the lay of the land these days. All right, Mark, let's turn our attention to Division Four, where Luther was the state champion last year, taking down Kenosha St. Joseph in the championship game. Of course, Kenosha St. Joe's, one of the talks of the tournament when Eric Kennessy went for 51 points in a state semifinal win over top-seeded St. Mary Catholic. Both those teams, St. Joe's and Luther, in the top five of the coaches' poll to begin the season, but it is Darlington that earned the top spot in the coaches' poll in D4, Marathon second. Uh, another small team, Mineral Point, is third. Pretty solid field in Division Four. What are we looking at in D four this year, Mark? Yeah, um, you know, St. Joe's uh, uh, lost their their post player uh, to graduation, um, and that that that's a big loss because he was a big, strong kid in the middle. Um, oh man, I'm drawing a blank on it. I want to say Luke Schuler, but that was the football kid that didn't go out. It was uh, it was the other kid that was. Uh, uh, a very key player for, for Joe's last year. I'll look up his name and get it, but um, you know, they, they uh, St. Joe still has Kennessy and uh, he's got, they got their, his younger brother now. Uh, so you got, you got to deal with two Kennessy's on the floor at, <laughs> and, and, and their mother on the bench. So uh, Jenny, who's an assistant coach at, at uh, St. Joe's. So uh, they, they went out last night and improved to four and all. They got a win at Oak Creek, a D one school. So um, I don't know if they're the best team in D4, but uh, they're up there. Uh, Peter Stapleton was the kid from last year, uh, and Peter was a, just a strong inside presence for him, could score near the basket, good rebounder. 
Um, so they do return three starters um, in uh, the, their six man, Dominic Santorelli, who's one of the best athletes in the state in that sophomore class. Uh, he's the best baseball prospect in the state in that class. Very good football player as well. Um, and, and, a, and a solid basketball player. Um, so Joe's will be in the mix, but they play in the Metro classic. So they're going to get, they're going to get some losses. You know, they play uh, Dominican and St. Cats and Martin Luther and the Prairie school for seeing Lutheran, Jordan Lutheran. So they're going to, they're going to have some losses. Um, you know, it, the squall, uh, you know, traditionally, uh, probably the best D four conference in the state. Um, and I don't really see that changing a whole lot this year, even with Jerry not coaching at Cuba city, um, you know, up on Tom up team at, at Darlington is very, very good. They got four starters back from last year's team that won 22 games. They got a scholarship kid and Will Murray, six, six senior. Um, you know, they're hungry to get to the state tournament after missing out the last several years. Uh, but, uh, I, I did see mineral point play last week and, uh, like their team a ton. I've, uh, their point guard really, really impressed me Landon thousand. And then, and then they have, uh, a really versatile, uh, solid all-around player in Eli Lindsay, 6'5 junior, uh, well-coached team. I mean, Dan Burson always does a great job. Um, uh, pretty good depth on that minimum point team as well. So uh, those two really stand out this year in the squall. Um, and, and, you know, their, their games against each other will be really, really good. Um, and, um, you know, they're going to have to battle each other, obviously, uh, probably a third time. Uh, when it comes time to to hit the hardwood for uh, for the postseason, because um, they're in the same sectional, so um, but they would play in a sectional final. They're in ones in top and ones in the bottom half of that sectional. So we'll see how that plays out. Um, you know, Luther Luther lost quite a bit, um, but they they do have uh, Sam Horman and Logan Barback. Um, they got a new coach this year. Um, Dan Unke, uh, they're off to a good start though. They beat, uh, lacrosse Logan last night on the road. I think they're three and all. Um, so I don't know if they're quite as powerful as they were a year ago, uh, at least on paper, but, um, you know, they're, they're going to be a team that you're going to have to contend with for sure. Um, so bar, uh, it, Will Hills camp is also back for them. So they do have two starters back and then Sam Horman and Sinclair bias were their top two reserves. So they, they returned four pretty key guys. Um, but they did lose three, three outstanding players to graduation. Um, Milwaukee Juno is a, is a team loaded with young talent. They probably have the best freshman in the state, Dooney Johnson. Um, they, they opened the season playing Marquette high. <laughs> so, uh, kudos to them. And they, and they gave Marquette a pretty good battle in the Terry Porter classic before falling. Um, that's a team that's going to run and press and, and play 94 feet. I mean, they, they just have, uh, quickness and young talent up and down their lineup. Um, be an interesting team to watch this year. Um, and going forward the next couple of years, they're going to be a power um, I think Lacrosse Aquinas is really good up in the Mississippi Valley Conference. You know, as uh, a lot of those football guys you covered, Travis, are also really good basketball players. Uh, Tanner Peterson, Walter Burns, um, I think they were both football players. Um, and, and then uh, uh, the big lineman uh, <laughs> who kind of just moves people around and gives them an inside presence, um, uh, Shane Willenbring. Um, he's another key guy for them. So um, they have athletes. They have depth. Um, you know, do they have enough to, to beat on Alaska and lacrosse central and Holman? Uh, we'll find out. They're probably going to lose some games with that schedule, but I do like their talent. Um, Howard's Grove is always a really good team. Um, 
you know, in the Big East Conference, and I don't see that changing uh, this year. They're off to a good start. They, they got St. Mary Catholic on Friday. Um, they split last year, uh, and uh, they're probably the top two teams in the in the Big East uh, North again. Uh, Cameron's a good team, you know, coming out of the Northern Wisconsin along with Unity. They're both in our top ten as well. Oh, and the team I didn't mention uh, is is uh, number two ranked Marathon, um, and they're led by Grant Warren, six uh, ten center, who's going to Michigan Tech and can can rebound, block shots, score inside and outside. Uh, just a really really tough player to to, to contend with uh, defensively. Um, they got some other starters back as well. Uh, probably the top pick uh, this year in the Merrowwood um, South. And as we know, the, the the champion of the Merrowwood South is usually a really, really good basketball team, as we saw last year. Um, a marathon, I believe, won the title last year, but uh, Newman Catholic finished second. And they, of course, won the Division Five title. So uh, very respected league with Auburndale in there and Stratford and uh, Assumption and Newman. Uh, so... Um, uh, marathon's the pick up there. And I think is a team that's going to be right there all year long in the, in the top five in division four. All right, let's turn our attention to the state's smallest division, division five last year in the uh, state championship game. It was, uh, excuse me, Newman Catholic defeating McDonald central in that one. Uh, neither team made the preseason top 10, the preseason uh, number one in D5 and the current number one in the coaches poll is Solon Springs, Columbus Catholic, Pacelli, Potosi, Royal round out the current top five in Division Five, but maybe a little bit of a changing of the guard in D5. What are we looking at in D5, Mark? Yeah, Solon Springs is really good. Um, they they have a lot back. They have size. Uh, they have athleticism. They have skill. Um, my question with them is, you know, they, they play in the um, Northern Lights Conference, the old Indian head, and, um, you know, they win games by just ri ridiculous scores <laughs> because they're so much better than the other teams they play. I mean, the first game uh, was a non-league game against Frederick, 77-39. Then they opened up last Friday, league play, and beat Mercer 111-12. to um, So, uh, you know, that they won the game by 99 points. Uh, you know, there's not much to say about that. Um, they they are, uh, you know, trying to play a little better schedule. They are, they are going to be in our border battle with Minnesota. So they'll play Cherry, Minnesota, which has a guard that's committed to the University of Minnesota. Um, but, you know, I think we saw that a little bit last year. They, they uh, played McDonald Catholic in that uh, sectional championship game last year. Um, and uh, had the had the game in hand, they really did, uh, and it let it slip away at the end of regulation. Um, they had a double digit lead late in the game, um, and then it went into overtime. And of course, McDonald won in overtime. But um, you know, they pro I'm sure they learned a lot from that game. Um, but you know, like I say, the, it's not their fault. I mean, they're in the conference they're in, but the day in day out uh, rigors that a school like McDonald, even though they're in D four this year. Um, some of those D5 schools play in, in, in really good leagues, like Reedsville, for example. I mean, they're going to play Howard's Grove twice. They're going to play St. Mary Catholic twice. Um, you know, they, they play in the Big East, which has a lot of D4 schools. Um, so they're going to be battle-tested once playoffs start. And I don't know if it's going to affect Solon as much this year as last year because uh, Dylan Taggart's a senior, Isaiah Castron's a senior. They've been through well, what they experienced last year. 
Um, and, and so, um, you know, they, they know, uh, you know, they came, uh, probably a possession or two away from making its first trip ever to state, uh, but didn't quite seal the deal. Now this year, you know, can they do it? I, I think they will. Um, you know, Isaiah Castron is, is a, a very athletic player. He's got several D2 offers, um, puts up crazy numbers, um, you know, scoring and rebounding, um, and, and, but, you know, came to our camp in the summer, you know, got out quite a bit with AAU in the summer and proved that he's, you know, can go up against pretty much anyone and have success. Um, he's got a younger brother on the team, uh, Jackson, who's uh, taller than Isaiah. I think he's, you know, about six, eight or so. Um, so you're looking at a six, eight, uh, I mean, just looking at their roster here, they, they, they list Isaiah at six, five and um, uh, Jackson, they list at, six seven um so that's pretty good size for d5 and then you throw in dylan taggart who's very very skilled really good shooter um and owen smith is another a senior that's back abe alberg another senior that's back those two those two kids played a ton last year um so uh yeah they're, they're really good um they're gonna win some games kind of like they did against mercer um and you know it's uh, just the way it is um so we'll see you know, how that translates once the postseason rolls around. Um, Pacelli and Columbus uh, are in the same uh, sectional, I believe. And, um, uh, you know, they're the two best teams in central Wisconsin for, for the small schools. Uh, both have uh, college players. Uh, Pacelli's got a, a, a kid named Jaden Owie, who's going to be a Division One kid. He's got an offer from Milwaukee. Uh, had 36 and 35 <laughs> came earlier this year. Uh, ridiculous numbers, uh, but um, he's long. He's athletic. He's about six eight, six nine. Um, he did that against Wyoming Freeman too. So it wasn't like you know he was playing a a, a, a you know a really poor team when he did that. So um, Pacelli, uh, uh, the coach's son, Cam Shirk's another really good player for them. Uh, athletic, bouncy kid that uh, scores off the bounce and hits a lot of mid range stuff good passer, um, unselfish kid. So, um, uh, they're going to be right there. And then, you know, Columbus Catholic, uh, uh, in fact, Pacelli and Columbus will play during regular season two at Pacelli. So that'll be a fun game to watch. Uh, Columbus is three and all, uh, beat uh, Auburn Dale the other day and always a big matchup up in that part of the state. Um, without Emmett Konichke, uh, the coach's son, his son who's out right now with an injury that unfortunately was involved in a car accident last week with his mom, on the way to Lakeland College for a visit, um, and uh, it was a head-on collision. It was very serious. Um, thankfully, Mom and, and Emmett are, are, you know, survived the crash and are going to be okay. But uh, Emmett's going to be out for for a little while, um, and his mom had some uh, leg surgery. So, uh, very scary moment for the Konichki family. Um, but um, Joe Joe's team this year, uh, you know, obviously Emmett's a four-year varsity kid. Um, but uh, they have a, a, a really solid senior class with Blake Jacoby and uh, Cy Becker and Lucas Kreklow and uh, Charlie Moore. Any one of those guys can get you 20 on a, on a night. Um, so the balance on that team is really good. Um, I, I, I kind of like their depth this year, too. I think they're a little deeper maybe than they've been in the past. So um, the Dons are going to be uh, really, really tough in that Clover Belt East. Um, and, uh, you know, their matches with Pacelli will be huge in central Wisconsin this year. It's kind of funny because uh, when you look at it, you got you got Marshfield and Spash, the top two teams in um, the Valley Conference, both really good. You know, both uh, 
potentially state ranked division one teams. And then in division five, you got Stevens Point Pacelli and Marshfield Columbus as two of the top D five uh, programs. So uh, the talent in, in those two cities right now is, is really good. Um, and uh, you know, all four programs are, are anticipating a big season. Um, you know, other, other teams in, in D five, um, you know, Potosi, um, it, it is a solid team. Um, they, they, they won a game last night, uh, at river Ridge, uh, 35 to 34. Um, I'm sure that was a possession by possession war. Um, their best player, uh, at Potosi Gavin Wonderland is, is, is just a, a, a very experienced, uh, talented kid that just keeps coming at you offensively. Um, so, you know, I think Potosi is probably the best team in the Six Rivers West. Certainly River Ridge is going to be right there, at, you know, and we saw the score last night that kind of, uh, you know, brought that point home. Um, so um, we'll see how that shakes out in that conference. Um, Royal, um, you know, over in the Scenic Bluffs had a really good year last year, made the state tournament. They're off to a 4-0 start, have a really good uh, uh, leader in Carter Upana, uh, the son of Coach Scott Upana. Um, and, and they have some other guys back that, that played, you know, key roles for their state tournament team last year. So I would look for Royal to have a lot of success again this year. Um, you know, Almond Bancroft is, is a team that I think, um, we got them at number nine right now. Um, they're going to play Pacelli twice in that CWC South. Um, and they match up fairly well with Pacelli cause they have Aiden Phillips, a six, 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 seven kid that can bang a little bit with uh, Jade Nowie and then uh, TJ Lamb, uh, Coach Kurt Lamb's son, uh, kind of matches up well with Candom Chirk. Now, the difference probably is that Pacelli's other players are a little more advanced at this point than Alman Bancroft, but um, I do anticipate uh, tough games when those two play. And then we mentioned Reedsville a little bit. I think they're going to have a really good year. Hillsboro's got a real solid team this year. Um, and Abundant Life, um, first year, not co-opting in a long, long time. I mean, they had co-opt with St. Ambrose for years and even going back uh, before that, they, they co-opt with St. Ambrose and in uh, country day. Um, now all three have their own programs, which is kind of exciting for those three schools and, uh, abundant life, uh, being on their own again this year has uh, a really good team. Uh, and, um, it has a lot of experience, uh, Jacob and Jonah Kuhn. Um, our juniors now, um, the twins uh, have played up since they um, were freshmen, very skilled, smart guards, wings, shooters, slashers, can do a lot of different things. They play well on the defensive end of the court. And then uh, J.D. Davison uh, is, is an athletic kid who plays around the basket and rebounds really well. Um, they won a big game the other night um, over Fall River, which is another really good D5 team, one that played in the state tournament last year. Um, so... Um, yeah, it's, a, a a balanced field. I think, you know, um, you know, I, I think any number of those teams that we just talked about could end up winning the state tournament. Um, you know, Solon Springs is number one right now, but, uh, uh, I think Pacelli and Columbus and Royal and Potosi and abundant life and, uh, Hillsboro, all those teams have a chance to be very, very optimistic about their chances this year. Once the playoffs roll around. You mentioned it when talking about Reidsville, but one of the things that we we often see and talk about, especially in Division Five, is that drop down effect. Teams that play in uh, a conference against larger competition, and then come playoff time, they drop down and, and play smaller competition and can make a run. Of course, perhaps the the poster child for that is Thorpe, 
uh, back in, I think it was 2014, all the way back there, uh, that they were maybe 500 in the regular season, uh, but played a very difficult schedule in the Marrowwood, or excuse me, in the Clover Belt, um, and got hot, made it to the state championship game, and, uh, you know, again, kind of that poster child for the drop-down effect. You mentioned Reedsville. Are there other teams to keep an eye out for when the playoffs roll around that aren't going to have the best, the best record because of their conference competition, but could be teams to watch in the postseason. Well, certainly Reedsville uh, falls into that category. Um, you know, normally a team like uh, Newman um, or Assumption uh, would, would fall into that category because they play in the uh, Merrillwood South with a lot of D4, really good D4 schools. I don't know that either um, is quite at that level this year. I mean, Assumption's young, got some good young talent, but they're, they're very young. Um, and then Newman's totally rebuilding after losing all their starters from last year. So, um, you know, looking at it, uh, Gibraltar's kind of fallen into that category in the past, you know, playing in the Packerland, which has a lot of D4 schools. Um, I, I'm not sure that they're quite as good as they've been, you know, in previous years where, where, where that could, you know, necessarily be the case. Uh, same, I would say the same with Thorpe. Um, you know, they, they've had really good teams in the past, uh, that have gotten beat a lot, you know, in that Clover Belt West with, with McDonald and Regis and Fall Creek and Osseo Fairchild and Stanley Boyd. I mean, it's, it's, it's all uh, really solid programs, but, um, but I don't know if they're quite to that level uh, this year. So um, I'm just looking at the rest of the state. I, I don't see anyone that, in, at least in D5, that, that necessarily falls into that category. Uh, Southwestern is another one that we've kind of, that's kind of, you know, been up very close to the state tournament in the last couple of years. I only lost a sectional final a few years back, um, you know, playing in the Swall against a lot of D4 schools. They could be a team that potentially could make some noise, um, you know, once the playoffs get underway in D5. So, um, yeah, there, there's a couple, there's a handful, but some of the ones that have done that in the past maybe are, are not quite as strong as they've been uh, in previous seasons and, the, and maybe don't have quite enough to, to utilize that drop-down uh, advantage, so to speak. <laughs> but, you know, it's a long season, and, you know, by the time you're done playing a lot of those D4 schools, you're probably a much better team than uh, at the end of the year than you were, you know, in November. So uh, I wouldn't count them out by any means. All right, we're going to wrap up with uh, a few other items. Uh, first of all, coaching changes. You mentioned a few uh, during the course of the, the conversation and of course, the biggest coaching change, the state's all-time leading coach, uh, leading uh, uh, in victories as a coach, Jerry Pettigrew, the legend, stepped down at Cuba City. Tanner Sheevy uh, takes over for the Cubans. What are some other noteworthy coaching changes this year, Mark? Yeah, I mean, Tanner, Tanner Sheevy going from Reedsburg to, um, to Cuba is the biggest one, obviously. Um, Kyle Johnson, kind of an interesting one. He was at Oak Creek. Um and uh, just felt he needed a change. He had some family situations in the spring, and then that kind of changed again. So he he uh, was looking to get back into coaching. So now he's coaching at Catholic Memorial. Um, he's got a very young team, uh, probably going to take some lumps this year. But, um, you know, goes from uh, head coach at Oak Creek to uh, the head coach at Catholic Memorial. Uh, Mike McCabe, a former head coach at Edgerton and had been an assistant there in recent years. He takes over at Whitewater. Um, and um, first time one of the Natsik, uh, uh, the Whitewater hasn't been uh, coached by one of the Natsiks in, in quite some time. So we'll see what Mike can do again, a very young team there. 
uh, Brian Rickert replacing uh, his former player at St. John's Military Academy, um, uh, Trayvon Hughes at Kettle Moraine. <clears throat> Brian was an assistant last year and now becomes the head coach at Kettle Moraine. That, that's an intriguing uh, situation there. Um, they're off to a very good start, and I'm, I'm sure they're going to have a very good season. Freddie Riley you know, kind of got uh, let go at Milwaukee, Washington, because he wasn't in the building anymore and gets hired at Menominee Falls. Um, so we'll see, you know, what Freddie can do uh, playing in the greater metro uh, at uh, a school with a good tradition in Menominee Falls, but one that maybe right now uh, is a little on the short end in terms of talent. Uh, Rich Rosinski comes back into the coaching after one year off, longtime Green Bay East coach, uh, the new head coach now at Green Bay Preble. Um, the whole situation at uh, Wanakee in the offseason, uh, just a, a, an unfortunate uh, situation there with Dana McKenzie, um, you know, uh, uh, losing his job, I guess is about the best way to put it, uh, despite all the success that Dana had over the years. Um, but um, his former assistant, Tyler Selk, takes over now as the head coach at Wanakee. Uh, and then I uh, wrote about it a little bit uh, this week. Chris Wetler, you know, was out for uh, last year. Um, uh, had coached at Edgewood for 33 years um, and, uh, you know, was was uh, kind of let go at Edgewood. Um, I knew he retired as AD and teacher and, and uh, they just made a clean break, I guess. Um, uh, he's now taking uh, over the head coaching position at St. Ambrose Academy, which, uh, as we mentioned before, had had co-opt with Abundant Life in the past and now has its own team and saw Chris's team play the other night and uh, <laughs> sure looks like an Edgewood uh, team out there because of uh, the way they play. Um, <laughs> uh, maybe not quite the talent that he had at Edgewood, but uh, those kids really play hard and uh, it's good to see Chris back in the game. Um, those are, you know, some of the, the coaching changes that, that kind of caught my eye in the off season. Um, you know, we'll see, we'll see how things shake out. I think we ended up very close to 90 coaching changes uh, altogether. We had a couple uh, really late um, coaching changes that were, uh, it's always odd to me when, when, you know, all of a sudden, Oh, he's not coaching. No, no, he's not coaching. We got a new coach and, you know, practice is a week old. <laughs> so um, uh, we, of course we have the entire list on wisports.net with the, uh, all the coaching changes for boys and girls basketball this year, but uh, it's pretty typical, Travis, 90, 90 high schools there about out of about 480. Uh, that's maybe a tick higher than, than the last few years, but it's usually between 80 and 90 coaches. That's a lot. Um, wish it weren't as many, um, but for all kinds of different reasons, uh, it is, it seems to be settled in on that, uh, you know, kind of area between 80 and 90 every year. And that certainly was the case again this year. All right, Mark, before we wrap things up, any other news, notes, items that we uh, that we should make sure we mention as the season is is getting into full gear here? Well, uh, Kyle Krieger won his 400th game recently at Fondy Springs. You know, there's going to be some other coaches throughout the year that are going to reach those milestones of, you know, three, four hundred wins. Um, I don't I'd have to look at it. I don't know if we have anyone approaching 500 wins Uh this year, but that's always something to keep an eye on with the, the coaches that are, have been in the game for a very long time. I think the scoring race is going to be pretty interesting this year. You know, we, it, it, in past years, it's it's been a lot of the smaller school kids, um, and I think that'll still be the case again this year. But just looking at um, our top five right now, um, and it's early, obviously, but Chris Davis at Sun Prairie West is number one at 35.7. Um, 
and of course, uh, that's a D1 school. Drew Doust is number two from Southern Door at 35.2. That's, I think that's a D4 school, maybe D3. Um, Jaquan Johnson at Milwaukee Pius, D2 is, is third at 34.7. Aman Bodwin of Salam, who puts up really huge numbers, he's number four at 33.7. And then Aiden Gall of Milton is number five at 33.5. So when you look at that, there's only one D5 kid right now uh, in the top five. Um, you know, we'll see how that all shakes out. But I always like following that and the rebounding and assist, uh, uh, you know, totals as well. And we, of course, we have all that uh, on our site. Encourage coaches, please, 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 please to put your stats up on our site. Um, you know, we, I get emails all the time. I'm sure you do too, Travis. And why, why don't, why didn't this school have any stats on with the sports? And we get, we get a ton of stats and we thank those coaches for, profusely for doing it. But, you know, there's still enough out there that, that aren't putting stats up. And I wish they would because it's really the only place where, where you, the kids' uh, achievements are going to be recognized on a statewide basis. Um, you know, newspapers don't rarely carry box scores anymore. Um, and, um, you know, the kids aren't going to have a record of that, you know, as they're older and moving on in life, unless they, the coaches put it in our, uh, into our system at, at WSN. So encourage them to do that as, as we do for all of our sports. Um, so, you know, those are a couple of the things obviously to appear with 32 game winning streak in D one, um, is, is a huge story as well. And just how D two shakes out with those three juggernauts in Milwaukee, Nicolay, Pewaukee and Wisco. Um, and then D D three, we talked about the four big schools in the Milwaukee area, um, D five being pretty wide open and, uh, D four, you know, are the swell teams going to come out of that or, um, you know, who's going to, who's going to end up winning on D4. So great storylines. Um, you know, I say this every year, but I think there's great storylines at all, every high school in the state. Um, and you know, whether it's the coach, uh, you know, uh, who wears a baseball cap while he coaches or, uh, you know, the, I think we're up to five or six now female coaches of varsity boys teams in the state or, uh, the kid who's coming off, uh, you know, major surgery and is contributing or, I mean, there's just stories everywhere. Um, and, uh, you know, we try to find as many as we can on WSN and, and, and put them up there and we'll continue to do that throughout the season. All right, Mark, great stuff. As always, we're going to let you get back to, to getting ready for, uh, for this weekend's action and, uh, certainly appreciate you joining us. Um, Follow Mark Stuff all year at WISSports.net. Of course, you can follow him on Twitter at WISSBBYearbook as well. Speaking of yearbooks, Mark, do you still have yearbooks if people are interested in, in purchasing yearbooks? Yeah, yeah, we do. Thanks for the plug. <laughs> Appreciate it. We still have some books left, um, and you can order at WBBY.com or just go to the front page of WSN Boys Basketball, and there's a link there. Um, and we try to ship those out you know, right away so people get them in their hands. Uh, ASAP. Um, it's 360 pages of, uh, you know, information and schedules and rosters and stats and predictions and pictures of, you know, almost every high school program in the state. So uh, you're number 39. So uh, yeah, by all means, if you're interested, love high school basketball. It's a, it's a great resource throughout the year. All right. Make sure you check that out. You can get your basketball yearbook. If you haven't it makes a great Christmas gift. Um, but, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll get back at it. Uh, again, make sure you check out wisports.net. Uh, we have great content coming out all the time from Mark on the boys basketball side. You can also check out 
the athlete of the week that comes out on Mondays that uh, always involves boys basketball players as well. The boys basketball coaches polls come out on Tuesday, girls basketball information throughout the week as well. And speaking of girls basketball information, we will have a girls hoops season preview coming up shortly with Norbert Durst in a separate podcast as well. So make sure you stay tuned to that. Before we let everyone go, let's remind everybody to help save lives on Wisconsin roads. The life you save might just be yours. Make the commitment to yourself and passengers that are with you by buckling up and putting the phone down every trip, every time. To find out more, take the pledge at wisconsindot.gov. Well, that will do it for today's episode of the WSN podcast. A big thanks to Mark Miller for joining us. I am Travis Wilson. We'll see you at a game.